I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Oh, people, this is a good one. I'm excited. It might be another one of those like tough truths. What do you call that? Um, Yeah, you know, tough love, hard truths. Um, But we love that, right? Because we're open. (laughs) We love feedback. We're growing. We're learning as leaders. We know we're not perfect. So this is along those lines. I was recently recommended this book, Rocket Fuel. And let me see who wrote this book. Gino Wickman and Mark Winters. So I was just recommended this book by my coach, Leanne Kim, in case anyone's wondering who coaches me, the amazing me, (laughs) who could possibly be coaching me. Leanne is amazing. She recommended this book um, because I'm considering bringing on a business partner, which is exciting. And I'll talk about that in a different episode with this potential business partner. I don't want to put her on the spot. We haven't really fully decided. In any case, I read through the first 48 pages of this book and I was like screaming out loud, going, yes. And it's just perfectly timed. What's really funny about the way my brain works when I consume content, which sounds so 2023, but when I'm reading or listening to podcasts or scrolling the Instagrams, um, I am always kind of like thinking on behalf of my clients. It's just a weird thing that my brain does. So if you're one of my program clients or you're on a retainer with me, I am always thinking about you. It just is, that's what happens. You get into my ecosystem and my brain is looking at the world through your lens. So when I read this book, she recommended I read it for, you know, thinking about my business and the growth of my business. And what I was thinking about were two clients of mine who run um, larger businesses. So I have clients who are launching businesses and then I have clients who are further down the road and looking for growth opportunity and looking to sort of refine and elevate their business. If it's reached some level of stagnation, they come to me to kind of work on leveling up and elevating their business. So I have two clients in that uh, cycle going through that process with me. And (laughs) this book, man, this book just freaking blew my brain apart because I have to be honest, like sometimes with CEOs who have been running businesses for a while, so let's say more than five years, um, they can get real dug in, right? And this, and it's funny because I think of it like, okay, my clients, I'm trying to really come up with new strategies to work with them. I'm sort of hitting a wall similarly with both of my clients right now, trying to figure out the best way to support them. And when I read this book, 
They talk about the difference. I mean, I'm so early in the book. It's so funny. I can't even talk about the book like eloquently. I can only talk about this one topic. Um, But it's about visionaries. And I think the book is about visionaries and integrators and how you need to make sure if you're going to be working with a business partner that one takes on one role and one takes on the other. So if you're a solopreneur and you're a visionary and you don't have an integrator, the point here that I'm surmising from the beginning of this book is that you won't necessarily be able to kind of blow your business up to that next phase because you need someone who's that integrator who can take the vision and integrate it. So these clients of mine, these two clients that I'm thinking of, that I'm looking at this book through that lens are visionaries. And what's interesting is their challenges are the same. And I've been trying to approach them differently. And what this book reminded me of is that visionaries have strengths and visionaries have weaknesses. And they're all (laughs) the same. And I know this. I mean, this is why I do the work that I do, because I know that whatever industry you're in, whatever kind of business you're running, product or service, if you have a team and you're a solo CEO, you're going to have the same issues. You're going to have the same challenges. And that's what makes my job, quote unquote, easy, um, is because I know what those challenges are. Like you kind of hit the same roadblocks around the same growth moments in your business. So as you grow to five people, you have certain things that are going to start to happen and then 10, 20. So I'm familiar with what happens at these stages of growth. And I'm familiar with where the CEOs sort of uh, lean in and lean out. And so this is why I feel like I can support. But every once in a while, I get really caught up on the person And of course I do, (laughs) like, of course, but I forget that, I mean, I hate the word stereotype because it's so negative, but there kind of is, right? Like there are certain traits of visionaries that are similar. And I think what's helpful to me and what I hope is helpful to my clients who I just immediately, after I read the four first 48 pages, I was like, please go out and get this book. You need this book. What I realized is that I need to, as their coach and consultant, take a step back actually from the emotion, because that's what, right, that's what connects us as human beings is the, the feelings and the emotions. And I need to step back from trying to really solve for the emotion and more solve for the role. Such a huge epiphany for me. So let me give you an example. So There's this part in this visionary section. I hope this is okay. Do I need to ask permission? Copyright permission? I'm promoting your book. Dudes. Okay. Staying focused. This is describing the visionary. For one, you get bored easily. As a result, you start creating a little chaos just to spice things up a bit. People. My people. You do this. That pattern shows up even more when you step into the integrator role, aka last week's episode when I talk about getting into the weeds. 
and please get the F out of the weeds because when you step into what they call the integrator role, everybody gets excited about your new idea or the new direction. So imagine you have a 90-day spike in performance and then unfortunately, everything comes crashing down in a heap and that's because the visionary in you got bored with the day-to-day redundancy of running the business. And so you self-sabotaged your own vision. I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I'm like speechless. This is what my clients do. And what happens is in my role, when I step in to help them assess what's going on. Okay, so this is where I typically get pulled in. Something's happening in the business with the team, with productivity, with the, um, I don't know, sometimes just even the overall happiness or dissatisfaction of the team. I get called in to like look at it from an outside perspective and typically also to provide the, the leadership team or in this case, the CEO feedback. And so what I do in my process is I interview the staff and thankfully I have an approach that makes people want to tell me everything, which is much more helpful than holding back. And so luckily they bring their their concerns to the table. And this is one of the things that happens all the time. And I've never been able to articulate it in this beautiful way that these authors have articulated it. This self-sabotage because I'm bored, peace. So this is uh, so huge. And it's so funny because I just have to figure out the right way to deliver this to my clients as well. So here you are. Hopefully you're listening. I'm trying to figure out how to deliver it to you here in this public domain. So my people, there is room for big thinking. There is room for visionary thinking. And that room and that space and that time exists outside of the projects that are already moving forward. So for my clients who are launching businesses, I remind them of this. They are the visionary from the day one. But in day one, they have to also be the integrator. So I remind my clients who I, who I see as visionaries, because not all of them are, but the ones that I see as visionaries, I remind them, pull back before you move forward. Pull back and look at the big picture again and reassess. See if there's anyone that can help you with the integration. Write down all those ideas, but don't let those ideas distract you. When you let the big ideas distract you and you pivot and you pivot and you pivot and you pivot, no one can follow. No one can follow that pivot. It's too fast because you want to move fast because you're like, this is my business. I've always run it myself. I got to move faster, faster, faster. And when you try to move at that speed, it's not possible for anyone to keep pace. So here's what you do in the visionary role. You pull out, you pull out of the weeds and you give yourself space and time for those big ideas. And what you might even want to do is schedule, I mean, this is like my integrator brain here, schedule a day, Monday, okay? Monday is your big idea day. And I know like visionaries are like, 
but I'm not going to come up with big ideas every Monday. (laughs) But let's just play with this idea that you have a day that's your big idea day, your big thinking day, and you even bring people in to brainstorm those big ideas. Do not implement on them. Okay, this is not time to like bring them to fruition. This is time to like bat them around and see if they're worth pursuing. Give yourself the space and time for that, but do not use the people that are in the project work, that are moving the the things forward that you already decided you wanted to do. Don't bring them into this. It's unfair. It's unfair to make them have to switch on and off and on and off to keep pace with you. So have like your collaboration team, right? They could be third-party people. They could be your leadership team where you're like, listen, I'm not, I don't want to road, you know, what's the word? I don't want to roadblock anyone or I don't want to get anybody like going down a rabbit hole, but I want to push these ideas around a little bit and see if they have legs and then create an implementation plan. Then bring in your your integrators to start implementing on those ideas. The problem is the CEOs don't know that they're doing this. Like somewhere subconsciously, they know they have this like shiny new thing problem, right? Like shiny new thing, shiny new thing, shiny new thing. But what they don't realize is that they think that shiny new thing mentality is moving their business forward. And actually what it's doing is it's hindering the momentum and the progress of the ideas that you already started implementing. So if you're implementing on an an idea, let your team take it to the finish line before you pile on another idea. And I know the the CEO brain is like, but that's stagnation. (laughs) So let me remind you what I said before. Have your ideation team ready at the, at the side to push things around with you and to challenge your ideas before you take them to implementation. This way, it's not a distraction to the team that's already moving the ideas forward. Please get out of the integration part of the job. I know I said this last week, so I'm not going to harp on it. But I think it's really important because your team needs you to make decisions and you can't be in the weeds because if you're in the weeds, you don't have enough time to put the effort and thoughtfulness into the decisions and the reviews and the time they need to be considering their projects. They need you to be fully available to them to sign off on or to redirect the things they bring to you. And if you're in the project work, you don't have time to do that. And that's really unfair because who's going to make those decisions? So I'm not going to harp on that. But let's talk, let's go back to this book, <laughs> this like brain exploding book. So this, um, this piece about getting bored easily and sabotaging your own vision. Because the thing with this is, this is the part where CEOs come to me and they're like, I don't know, I don't know how to get out of the weeds because my team isn't good enough. My team doesn't know how to do it. 
And what, again, what I love about this book is like, this is what my clients tell me. And there's a part of my brain that's like, oh no, like this is just this specific person, but it's not. It's part of the danger of being a solopreneur for too long, for carrying the weight of the tasks for too long before you bring in your people to help implement because you get a little bit stuck in this place of getting things done and then you start chasing and start shifting. So I want to remind you to stay focused. And if you can't stay focused, I want you to have a partner, an accountability partner, and this could be your coach, who when you're about to like pivot or change direction or drop something new on your team, check in. Put a, like a note above your desk that says, check in before pivoting. <laughs> Just get that sounding board of, am I going to like fuck everyone up if I start taking this idea forward or if I change direction or if I start doing this or if I start doing that? Most of the time, the answer will be yes, but you need to be open to that. You can't just be stubborn and say, but it's my business. It's my baby. It needs to be like this. I need to move it forward because here's the deal. As soon as you bring on a team, it's not yours anymore. Let me say that again. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I just feel like nobody's going to listen to this podcast anymore because I'm so mean. If you bring people on to work with you on your business, it is now a shared space. Now you have a team that is sharing your vision and they get bought in and they feel loyal, and they want to bring that vision forward. So they start to do that. And if you keep changing your vision, because you could do that a lot when you didn't have a team, you could just change. I mean, I do it all the time. I can change and maneuver and pivot, and no one is affected. Like, if I changed the topic of my podcast, no one would probably even notice, right? Nobody's going to (laughs) notice. I love, I love you, Susan. I'm talking directly to you because I know you're listening. I have one listener. Thank you, Susan, because I'm doing this for you. Um, No one's going to care if I pivot. But if I have a team that's helping me bring this vision to life and I pivot that vision behind the scenes with my team over here and I pivot and I'm living in this vision, but I forgot to communicate it, or I communicated it to this person in a private meeting and then it didn't, and then nobody talked about it. And then it started moving forward. And then people are like, wait, what's happening? Confusion, chaos. Nobody's connected to the purpose. Nobody's connected to the vision. So have a sounding board, check in with someone, be willing to do this. If you have a team And remember that now is a shared vision. Now people are helping bring that vision forward and you need to share. Like you need to be in this sharing space. This isn't your private baby 
that you're fostering the growth of anymore. This is a kid who's now being raised by a community. Your business, if you have a team, is now out of the infant stage where you're the only person that can keep it alive. And it's moving into the adolescent phase of life where in order to thrive and grow and be a healthy adult with healthy emotions, (laughs) you're giving this adolescent an environment that's thriving and healthy and where communication is clear. And there's a whole community of people helping raise this kid. Isn't that like beautiful? I really, I mean, this is why I really hope that people do keep listening. (laughs) I really hope that this makes sense. Like, it's not sad. It's not, I mean, I don't want to tell you how to feel, but I don't want you to feel sad about having a community raise your kid. I want you to think about the benefit to the kid, right? To get different perspectives to get different um, life experience to get brought to the table, different ideas, different perspectives. Like how much beauty exists in sharing that wealth? Instead of holding it to yourself, continuing to think, this is mine. Nobody knows how to do it. Nobody can do it my way. Holding it so close to, to the chest. I know... I know my clients, I know these two clients have huge hearts. I mean, they do. I wouldn't be working with them if they didn't. They have huge, compassionate, empathetic hearts. They are fundamentally amazing people. But they are in a role as a visionary that they've never been in at this phase of their business, right? So I I love using parenting as a metaphor in this case. So I've never parented a teenager before, and here I am parenting a teenager. In real life, I have a teenager and I have a preteen. I have parented a preteen before because my son was a preteen before he was a teenager. (laughs) And now my daughter is a preteen, and so I have a little bit of experience. It's very different because she's a different person, but I have some experience now with that phase, okay? CEOs that are managing a business that's in the adolescent phase or the pre-adult phase, whatever these adult milestones are, they don't have any experience, right? That doesn't make them a bad person, but but there are these traits that are very similar, which is this holding it close to the chest trait. And as soon as you learn to release that and let your kid thrive in their community and get lots of different perspectives, the, I mean, my, I can feel it in my body. Like you don't have to hold the weight and the pressure of how they're going to be shaped as a human being anymore. Because now they're being raised by a community. It doesn't lift the responsibility, okay? It doesn't lift the responsibility of you as their bloodline, right? Where like, okay, ultimately I am responsible for my kid and like what happens to them. But they get to be shaped by the community. And that just 
relieves so much pressure from like, I have to provide all the spiritual guidance, the emotional guidance, the physical guidance, the educational guidance. Like, no, they get to be influenced by their teachers, by their coaches, by the parents of their friends, by their extended family, grandparents, aunts and uncles, other people in the community, right? They get to have that influence in your company AKA your child, your company gets the influence and the benefit of having all these team members with different levels of experience, with different life experience, with different life perspectives, with different backgrounds. They get to shape now the mold, the clay of your business. How freaking amazing is that? It lifts that whole piece off of you. You don't have to worry about shaping the culture anymore, right? So all you have to do as a leader, all you have to do, (laughs) but it's so much simpler to shape the culture than you think. Okay. Because I watch this with my, with, with my clients, they're kind of spinning in this space of like, they're in the weeds, they can't get out. They think nobody can do the job. Um, And if you pull out and you have this sidebar place to ideate and you keep those, those ideas separate from the people who are implementing the work. If you let your business belong to everyone, and I mean, that could be a technical thing. I mean, it could technically belong to everyone. It could be like a B Corp, or you just kind of share that sentiment of, I want everyone to to be a part of this and to shape the business. If If you really fundamentally believe that, and you want that, then now people's, your staff's opinions and their ideas matter. You're not going to talk to them or talk down to them about the idea, the idea, the vision, the vision, because they're going to inhabit that vision and they're going to know it and they're going to drive it forward. And that's if you don't pivot it. If that's if you don't change it every five minutes. Now, listen, if your business isn't going well and you bring everyone to the table and you're like, dudes, we got to pivot, that's totally different than like coming up with a new idea in the background and then trying to move it forward without communicating it, which happens all the freaking time. And then people are like, why is my team confused? I explained it to them. It's like, well, did you tell me about that? How did you explain it? In what form? Well, I shot an email to this person. It was a three-sentence email, and it was super clear. Hmm. Was it? <laughs> so pull out. Pull out of the weeds. Keep your ideas moving outside of implementation. Commit to your original vision. If you need to pivot it, make it like soundboard with someone make it clear, communicate it clearly, have a plan before you just drop it on your team. Read this book, man. If you are a CEO, if you have a business partner, um, if you're someone who's trying to understand their clients, if you work with clients in the way that I do, if you're a coach for business owners or you're a consultant, this book is incredible. I mean, I literally... (laughs) on page 50. And I can tell you, like, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm going to finish this book today. As soon as I stop recording, I was so inspired. I had to record this episode because it just answered so many questions. I've been banging my head against the wall trying to figure out. 
And what, what it helped relieve for me is that I can, <clears throat> I can approach this in more of a general way, which doesn't mean, to, like, I don't mean to take the human part out of it. Like, dude, I'm not trying to be robotic. That's like the opposite of what this is. But it's helpful sometimes to look at like, right, like there's sort of a way to pull back and look at it in a more generalized sense so that I'm not getting sticky and caught up in the personality part of it because I was trying to help shift personalities. And then I realized I can't do that. Like I'm not gonna, I can't shift someone's personality. My technique is always just to ask questions and help guide them to their own answers. But I think in this way, it's really helpful to frame up the situation of, do you find yourself in this situation? Well, here are some tactics that we might be able to apply and test and see if it works. It just is helping me pull back because sometimes as a coach, like it's easy to get a little sticky in there, to get stuck in the weeds too, right? To think that the weeds is the problem. And this is a great reminder for me, like, no, it's not about the weeds. It's about the role. It's about the the responsibilities of this role and people elevating into this new level of responsibility. And of course, it's not something that I haven't even spoken about before. I talk about this a lot of, of the role of the founder and, and how they need to define that role and get out of the weeds and all of that. But I think just the way this was described and the and the words they're using to describe this role, it's just like, it's literally every single thing that's going on with these two businesses. Everything that's going on with these two founders is laid out. And it's two separate people, two t- different backgrounds. They don't live in the same country. I mean, there's really like nothing similar about their business at all. Like there's literally one is a services company, one is a product company, one's more in an educational um, company, the other one's a marketing company. I mean, it's so, uh, there's literally no similarity, but it's the role. It's the role these two founders are in that's the same. And this idea of being a solopreneur and getting a little stuck in um, in the idea of own it, you know, this is my baby, I can't let it go, and getting stuck in these in these places. I mean, it's just crazy how everything that they say in this book is like spot on. So pick it up. This is just like I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> this is like I'm just totally promoting this. But I but it's just this idea of it's not as hard as you think it is. Like culture comes from openness, right? Not from hold, holding tightly. So so free up the reins a bit, peeps, um, and and go get this book if you're a CEO and if you're somebody that helps CEOs. I am going to recommend this book to every single one of my clients that comes through the door. I'm going to hand them this book and say, read this before we get started. I'm all in. I'm all in on this. Um, I hope this was helpful, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting. <laughs>